0: We have been going back to the basics of our first four chapters this month of our textbook and that which we teach. And so the very first chapter, we talked about the thing itself, that which we call God, that which we call spirit. And our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, did not want us getting caught up in masculinity or femininity or any type of image of God that would cause us to miss the point of how the thing itself really works in the universe. And then the second week, we talked about the way it works and how it has a law to it and the automatic piece that begins to happen to us and the way it really functions. And then last week, Reverend Millie, who did a great job, um, she talked about what it does and the power that that really possesses in our lives. And so this week, the final part of the first four chapters is how do we use all this stuff? And so that beautiful song that we just heard about is absolutely correct that when we place things in the dream and when we place things in the consciousness of the divine, we really get to see how things really begin to work. Most of us oftentimes confuse that. And it says, I'm bringing you into the decision-making process, Ruggles. Here, flip a coin. Most of us think that that's how life really happens, that it's just the flip of a coin and that we are being tossed about by life itself. And one of the things that's really important to understand and how to use this stuff is that you are not being tossed about by life. We are creating it. And so the tossing about that goes on in our lives oftentimes is a misuse of the power that you and I really possess to be able to use that which the universe has given us. So the chapter, the final chapter, divides it into several sections. The first one is Um, where is your focus? So our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, talks about the power of focus, and we're going to spend a few minutes this morning looking about how do we use our focus and how do we focus attention in life and how is it really working? The second piece in that final chapter is if you declare limitations, so it is. So say that with me. If you declare limitations, so it is. That's right. We just finished the class called Success Principles. And one of the exercises that we do in Success Principles is a complaint jar. Yeah, I know none of you complain, so this won't even apply to you. So just favor with me. Just play with me. So here's what's interesting. Our first week, for every time you complained, you had to put $2 in the glass jar so that your awareness about when you declare limitation and when you complain in your life, life begins to give you back that which you complain. Our first week, we collected over $400 from 17 people. The second week, it went down to 250 Either they didn't want to give us much or they complained less. I'm hoping, it's, I'm hoping it's the altar. But when we declare limitation in our life, that's exactly how the universe gives it to us. So the amount that we measure out, how we measure it out, becomes very, very important. And we'll look at that this morning. And the other piece we need to understand in this chapter and be able to use the power that has been given to you and I, either consciously or unconsciously, is that you can only have it if you choose it. You can only be given that which you choose. So when you choose limitation and fear, then what happens is that's what you're given. And it's not that God is up there thinking, hmm, how can I give him less? That's not exactly what's going on. It's really God measuring our thoughts, our desires, our feelings. And from there, we get it. We get exactly that which we are choosing and thinking. Your inner self knows better. So we're going to play around this morning with the whole concept of there is a still small voice within you that knows exactly what to do if we would just listen to it, if we would just pay attention to it. So where is your focus? So what do you see this morning up on the screen? So so I hear a chalice. I heard two faces. So which one is it? It's both of those because depending on what you focus on will depend on what you get, on the visual that you are getting. So this is a wonderful little exercise because some people see it as this beautiful chalice or a vase or some people see it as two faces. It's the same thing that begins to happen. So yesterday, Um, I was not at Costco. I was at Sam's Club, which doesn't behave any better than Costco. And um, it is interesting to me what we focus on. So I'm there getting what I need at Sam's Club on my way home because we had leadership council yesterday. And I thought, well, on my way home, I'm going to stop and get a few things. And uh, both of us were looking for blueberries. And for some reason, Sam's Club was out of blueberries. So there was a lady that was in the cooler with me. And we were, (laughs) that's right, a gay man in a cooler with a woman. It's an interesting concept. So anyway, I'm in there, and we're looking for blueberries, and we cannot find blueberries. So we finally say to the gentleman who's in there, do you have any blueberries today? And he says, we do not have any blueberries today. And we ran out of them. And he says, some woman came in and bought them all. Well, the woman on the side of me went into a tirade about... Well, what am I supposed to do? I'm making blueberry pie today, and she's carrying on the little piece. And I'm thinking, well, you know, Colorado Springs is pretty big. Um, I think there might be some blueberries at King Supers or at Walmart or any of those sort of pieces. So I said, well, it just looks like we're going to have to, well, I, I cannot believe I have to stop somewhere else and get blueberries. And just this whole little tirade that was going on. And I thought to myself, yep, where is your focus? Your focus is on lack, that there isn't enough. And so lo and behold, um, I asked her, I said, do you live here in the city? And she said, no, I don't. I said, well, where do you live? She said, I live in Monument. I said, well, so do I. And so I said, King Supers always has blueberries. And she said to me, I bet they won't have any today. (laughs) I said, well, I'm going up there. And I bet I'm going to get some blueberries. And I walk in the King Supers, and what do you think I got? I got blueberries. Who do you think walked in about five minutes after me? Who walked in five minutes after me? That woman, because I was circulating around looking for the little clementines, and because uh, the uh, Sam's didn't have those either, so I was looking for little clementines. And this woman walks in, and what do you think happened with the blueberries? They were all gone. <laughs> And I had a package in my cart. (laughs) Because that's how the law works. Wherever you put your focus, so you shall reap. Jesus taught this over and over in the gospel. Talked over and again that it is done unto you as you believe. So your thoughts really particularly begin to do that. So I have a three pattern thing that I think is really important that helps us stay focused. So uh, read it with me. Pray first, aim high, stay focused. So I think that that tripod is really important for us to understand when we get into our stuff, when we get into our negativity about that which is not working, when we're buying into limitation, when we're buying into fear, and we're telling God what to do. Because that's exactly what we get to do with the universe. We get to tell God what to do. Now, if you like being the boss, this should turn you on. God is not doing it to us. We are telling God what to do. We are telling the universe how to do this. So listen to this story. There once was a man who had nothing for his family to eat. He had an old shotgun and three shells. So he decided that he would go out and kill something for dinner. As he went down the road, uh, all the vegetarians, just plug your ears. Um, As he went down the road, he saw a rabbit and he shot the rabbit and he missed it. Then he saw a squirrel and fired a shot at the squirrel, and he missed the squirrel too. As he went further, he saw a wild turkey in the tree, but he only had one bullet left. But a little small voice came to him and said, Pray first, aim high, and stay focused. However, at the same time, out of the side of his eye, he saw a deer, which was a much better kill. He brought the gun down and aimed it at the deer. But then he saw a little rattlesnake between his legs about to bite him. So he naturally brought the gun down further to shoot the rattlesnake. Still, the voice again said to him, I said, pray first, aim high, and stay focused. So the man decided to listen to the voice. He prayed. He then aimed the gun high at the tree and shot the wild turkey. The bullet bounced off the turkey and killed the deer. The handle (laughs) fell off the gun and hit the snake in the head and killed it. And then when the gun had gone off, it knocked him into a pond. When he stood and looked around, he had fish in his pockets, (laughs) a dead deer and a turkey to eat. The snake was simply dead because the man listened to God. If you simply would do what? The key, it's the key, the key to all of life. When life is not going as you had planned it, how many of you have had this experience? The rest of you are liars. If you would pray first, which means focus your thoughts. Prayer is nothing but focusing your thoughts. Focusing your thoughts according to what you want. Pray first, aim high. Go for the best, not for the worst, not for the fear, not for the limitation, and then stay focused. Whether it's blueberries or whether it's the deer, you must learn to stay focused. Our founder begins the chapter by saying the following, do not waste your time on what does not work The time will come when we will let our conversation be in heaven and refuse to talk about, read, or think about those things that ought not to be. What if in today's world we did not read, listen to, or buy into that we are not one? What if we paid attention in our world and aimed high? and focused on that in which we are connected, in which we are one, in which we are powerful. We the people are powerful people. We the people are the ones that are gonna transform the world. No one else is gonna do it for us. So Dr. Ernest Holmes is telling us, think only of that which you want, not what you don't want. And so often we spend our time thinking about what is wrong instead of what could be right. When you focus on what you want, everything else falls away. It's the power of the universe. Focus on where you want to go, not on what you fear. Because when you focus on what you fear, you have an intense surge of energy, and the universe reads that energy and thinks that's what you want. But the same way that the law is neutral, if you have an intense energy of love, and intense energy on what you're focusing on, the universe will give you that as well. I love this by Vanda Scarvelli. He says, A rigid mind is very sure, but often wrong. A flexible mind is generally unsure, but often right. If the universe can't get in because our mind is so rigid, so it shall be. Versus refocusing our flexibility in our mind. The secret to change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. In dysfunctional families, bless you. In dysfunctional families, I watch families continually fight and focus on the old patterns. I watch them do it over and over and over again. And when you focus all of your energy on fighting that old concept, you never win. People do not change. Fear comes in. Walls go up. But if we would focus all of our energy on what we want to be and who we want to be, the family could transform before our eyes because we are vibrating off of each other. The reason is your mind is a garden. Your thoughts are the seeds. You can grow flowers or you can grow weeds. It's up to you. When you plot and plan that piece, all the difference in the world happens. Focusing just as an optical activity, it's a mental one. It revolves around our thinking and our feeling in the process. Secondly, in the last chapter, Our founder is very clear. If you declare limitation, so it is. The universe will give you the limitations that you are putting on. Listen to this one. A man was passing by a group of elephants and he suddenly stopped, confused by the fact that these huge creatures were being held by a small rope tied to their front leg. There were no chains, no cages. It was obvious that the elephants could at any time break the rope, but for some reason they didn't. He saw a trainer nearby and asked why these animals just stood there and made no attempt to get away and be free. Well, the trainer said, when they are very young and much smaller, we use the same size rope to tie them, and at that age, it's enough to hold them. And as they grow up, they are conditioned to believe that they cannot break away. They believe that the rope can still hold them, so they never try to break free. The man was amazed. These animals could at any time break free from their bonds because they believed they couldn't. They were stuck right where they were. What's your rope? What's that that's tying you down? Some some belief system? Some story you're telling about your job? Something you're telling about your relationship? We are no better than the animals of the elephants who mysteriously think they are tied down. Our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, reminds you and I that we're the ones declaring the limitations. We're the ones with the rope around our foot, not God. There is no God up there doing it to us. There is a rope in our mind that you and I have tied and continue to live from. He writes on in the chapter, it must, and it means God, it must and respond to everyone Because it is the law, and the law is no respecter of persons. We can use it correctly only as we have understood, and we can use it according to its nature. Hence, it follows that if we believe that it will not work, it really works by appearing not to work. When we believe that it cannot and will not, then according to the picture, it does not work. I am terrible at putting things together. Anybody else with me? I don't have the ability, the, the skill. You know, when, a, when something comes in a package and you have to put something together, I might as well just, I, I don't even go there. <laughs> and so oftentimes, I'm determined that I'm going to put this thing together and I try to do it. And then Scott will walk in the room, turn it upside down and make it work. But in my head, I am determined that I cannot do this. And the universe says to me, and so it is. (laughs) And you and I say, and so it is, about 10 times during our service. It is amazing when we are determined that something will not work. And yet the same power on the opposite end of the scale works with the same law when you are determined that it will work, that same law will follow that. I'm asking you this morning, there's something going on in your life right now that's got you tied down. What is it? It's time to tell a new story. It's time to release the rope. It's time to free the legs so that you can walk forward to declare that the law does work. Tell the negative committee that meets inside of your head to sit down and shut up. <laughs> Do not let the behavior of other people destroy your inner peace. Do not let external things determine your internal will and your internal power. Nothing could be further from the truth. Our founder continues on in the final chapter. It has been proved that by our thinking correctly and by a conscious mental use of the law of mind, we can cause it to do definite things for us, through us, despite our conditions. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Ernest stole that last line from Jesus of Nazareth. We walk by faith, not by sight. You cannot begin to believe the conditions out here you have to believe the conditions in your heart and in your mind and what the law is saying. Zig Ziglar puts it very powerfully. He says, I don't care how much power, brilliance, or energy you have. If you don't harness it and focus it on a specific target and hold it there, you're never going to accomplish as much as your ability warrants. When you focus it, when you take your energy and you begin to transform your thinking, the law has no choice but to follow. And that's how it works. Stop arguing with how it works and begin to use it. Stop building up defenses and start building consciousness. Our founder continues. We should work not with anxiety, but with expectancy. So I just want to stop there. Expectancy is very different from working with anxiety. What does anxiety feel like? Okay. So it feels like fear. What does it feel like in your body? Stress. Now, what does expectancy feel like? Yeah, you're, you're citing it, you're feeling it, you're thinking. It's like Christmas morning before the tree as you look at all the gifts and you have an expectancy, it's going to be good. Expectancy and anxiety are two opposite polar attempts. Our founder says, do not work with anxiety, work with expectancy. Instead of worry and fear and building up the story, you could work with expectancy. It is all the same energetic field, but we are the ones moving the field. We're the ones doing it. We do it in our businesses. We do it with our encounters with each other. So he said, not by coercion, but with conviction. Not through compulsion, but in a state of conscious recognition, receptively and centeredness. We do not have to drive or push. We must simply accept and believe. Accept and believe. Totally different than pushing or shoving. You know, there's that wonderful uh, dream. This man is having this dream, and he wakes up the next morning, and he's talking to his therapist, and he said, oh, my God, I've been having this dream. And and the therapist says, well, what's the dream? And he says, well, I'm at this door, and I'm pulling, and I'm pulling, and I'm pulling, and the door won't open. And he said, well, what does the door look like? He said, well, it's a glass door, and there's a little sign on it. And he said, well, what does the sign say? (laughs) Push. (laughs) You and I are busy pulling. And our point from Dr. Ernest Holmes is, You don't have to pull. You just can expect. You can just absolutely breathe into the spot of that which you want to feel, think, and do. So not every time you feel yourself getting pulled into other people's nonsense, repeat these words with me. the drama, the drama that goes on over and over again in our own head. And the monkey oftentimes is the voices in our head. And what the universe is inviting us to do is simply do this. (laughs) Let them carry on, let them do what they need to do and simply move on. Because when you are working with expectancy and when you are working with the dynamic, of understanding how the law works, you do not care that it does this. You do not care. You do not listen, and you focus your attention. So, he continues on in the chapter. You can only have it if you choose it. You, by yourself. No no one's going to do it for you. No relationship's going to do it for you. No money's gonna do it for you. You're going to do it. You're going to do it only if you choose to do what you do. So a professor had an idea, and one day he entered his classroom and asked his students to prepare for a surprise test. They all waited anxiously with anxiety at their desk for the exam to begin. The professor handed out the exams with the text facing down as usual. Once he handed them all out, he asked his students to turn over the papers. To everyone's surprise, there were no questions, just a black dot in the center of the paper. The professor, seeing the expression on everyone's faces, gave them the following instructions, and I give them to you. I want you to write about what it is that you see there. The students confused got started in an unexplicable task. At the end of the class, the professor took all of the exams and started reading each and every one of them out loud in front of all the students. All of them, with no exception, defined the black dot, trying to explain its position at the center of the sheet. After all had been read, the classroom went silent and the professor began to explain. I'm not gonna grade you on this. I just wanted to give you something to think about. No one wrote about the white part of the paper. Everyone focused on the black dot, and the same thing happens in our lives. However, we insist on focusing only on the black dot, the health issue that's bothering us, the cancer, the lack of money, the complicated relationships with a family member, the disappointment with a friend, The dark spots are very small when compared to everything else in our unlimited universe, but they are the ones that we focus on. They're the ones that pollute our minds. Take your eyes away from the black dots in your lives. Each and every one of your blessings are found in the white, not in the dot. Be happy and live a life free of dots you can only have it if you choose it and if you choose the black dots so it is and you shall receive most of us do not want the black dots in our lives most of us want the white But because of our focus, the universe has no choice but to give us the dot. And the reason is we are dealing with a causation, our founder says, which has power. In dealing with this subtle power of mind and spirit, we are dealing with a fluent force. It is forever taking form and forever deserting the form it has taken when we align with it. It is forever fluid, which means it's forever tracking us. It's forever telling us, this is what you're feeling. This is, if you want to know what you're feeling and thinking, you want to know what your black dots are, pay attention to what's showing up in life, because it's fluid. And just like we created this particular dot in our life, we can create this white over here by a change of a thought and a change of emotions. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. Blessed are those that look beyond the black dots. Blessed are those that are able to dance in the white, to dance in the fluidity of the universe. He continues on and tells us, the original spirit and energy is harmony. What it means is you and I were born to be in harmony, not in disflux. It is beauty, it is truth, and everything that goes with ultimate reality. We should and can align with this spirit, and it will work for us. It simply awaits our choice. Our natural state of being is harmony. And that's why disharmony feels so awful. Because our natural state of being is bliss, love, unity, connectivity. Oneness, wonder, joy. That is our natural state of being. And we can choose it because that's how it works. Because between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. Viktor Frankl. Most of us live here, believing the conditions and the chaos and the power lies in the space, the space before choice, which my mother stated so correctly, you should shut your mouth and think before you speak. You should shut your mouth and think before the universe manifests the pause, the power that happens in between. He continues on. Infinite and immutable as the law is, ever present and available to us, it must be the potential possibility of all human probability. It must flow through us in order to manifest for us. It doesn't flow outside here, which means that what happens outside us is none of our business. What happens through us is all of our business. It's the only way it can work is through us, through our personality, through our thoughts, through our emotions, and through our feelings. That is exactly how it must work because your inner being is always guiding you toward what you are wanting. It never is protecting you from something else. Intuition, through us we have a still small voice within us that knows exactly what we do if we would listen to it. It's that warning sign that says to you, don't go down North Academy today, go up Union. These days, it's don't go up Union, go down North Academy. (laughs) Your inner self always knows. It always knows what to do. It was a busy morning, approximately about 8.30 a.m., when an elderly gentleman in his 80s arrived to have stitches removed from his thumb. He stated that he was in a hurry and that he had an appointment at 9 a.m. I took his vital signs and had him take a seat, knowing it would be over in an hour before someone would be able to see him. I saw him looking at his watch and decided since I was not busy with another patient, I was evaluate his wound. On the examining of it, it was well healed. So I talked to one of the doctors, got the needed supplies, and removed his sutures and redressed his wound. While talking taking care of him, we began to engage in this conversation. I asked him if he had a doctor's appointment this morning since he was such in a hurry. The gentleman told me no, that he needed to go to assisted living to eat breakfast with his wife. I then inquired about her health. He told me that she had been there for quite a while and was the victim of Alzheimer's disease. As we talked, and I finished dressing his wound, I asked if she would be worried that he was a bit late. He replied that no, no longer did she know exactly who he was and hadn't recognized him in over five years. I was surprised and asked him, Are you still going every morning, even though she doesn't know who you are? He smiled and patted my hand and said, She doesn't know me, but I know who she is. That still small voice knows exactly who you are. Despite the craziness in your head. Despite the voices you're telling yourself. Like that man, the intuition knows exactly who you are. That you are a divine being created in a divine image that is perfect, whole, and complete just the way you are. If you would just listen to that. If we would just work from that. Because the intuition knows exactly what it needs to do to push us in the direction of perfection to move us in the direction of our dreams and that which we need to go. Our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, states the following, the practice of science of mind calls for us and calls for a positive understanding of the spirit of truth, a willingness to let this inner spirit guide us with the conscious knowledge that the law of spirit is perfect and that we must believe this fact. We are guided and directed by a higher good. The universe knows who we are. It's our responsibility to own it. The still, small voice within you knows exactly who you are. Are you willing to sit down, shut up, and listen to it? Your life and my life is the sum results of all the choices you have made, both consciously and unconsciously. If you can control the process of choosing, you can take control of all the aspects of your life. You can find the freedom that comes from being in charge of yourself. As Dorothy said and heard from the wicked witch of the West and the good witch, You've had the power the entire time. In the shoes, of course. (laughs) Accept responsibility for your life. Know that it is you who will get you where you want to go and no one else. You have a power and a wind force behind you that is directing according to your sails of belief, according to our thoughts. This week, I'm asking you to focus. Focus and create. Drive your focus in the directions of your perfection. Pay attention this week to your limitations. And when you are tempted to complain or buy into limitations, put $2 in a jar. And bring it to me next week. (laughs) You and I can have anything we want if we would choose it. If we would focus our attention on it, the universe would respond. And last but not least, take some time this week to sit down, be quiet, and listen to the still small voice that is always for you and never against you. Pray with me. Breathe. That divine breath is the universe, the God itself, breathing through us as us and with us. That one power, that one breath that lives, moves, has its breathing in every aspect of life. From the tiny creatures that crawl on the ground to the immensity of the elephants tied with a rope, to our very thoughts, it is all one. One power, one source, one spirit. What I know is that I am one with that Divine Presence. It radiates through and as me. And I know that that Divine Presence radiates, lives, moves and expresses through each and every person in this space and the entire world. Feel that oneness. Remember who we are. And standing from that power I claim and know this day that we let go of the ropes. That which has tied us, that which came to mind this day, we simply release. I know that when we stand in this power, that we understand that we are choosing and creating life. I choose and create life for us this morning, knowing divine expansion, knowing perfection, knowing that what we are seeking is seeking us. I claim and know this day that we release all limitation, all fear, and we stand in the pliability of the universe, declaring that which is so for us, that which is working for us. I remove all the voices in our heads this morning, and we listen for this still small voice, the dash in between, which stands us and gives us the power to choose. I choose this day on our behalf, expansion, perfection, healing, divine wholeness. Oh, I'm in such gratitude that we get to play with this universal principle. I say thank you, Spirit, for listening to my mind. Thank you, Spirit, for the ability to choose to create the world that we want. Thank you, Spirit, for the power that you and I possess to transform our world and to transform our very hearts. What a gift. What a universe we have that tracks our every thought and feeling. And so this day, as we focus, choose, and move forward, I declare a world that works for everyone, that works for all of us. So I simply release this prayer into universal law, knowing the minute I have spoken this, the universe gets busy demonstrating, tracking, feeling, and sensing our very thoughts into manifestation. Knowing what a joy this is, I simply let it be. And with one voice, we sing and affirm together. I
1: am the place where. The place where God is
0: So it is. It's the time in our service where we get to show up as prosperity. as that which unleashes our really good, allowing all that prosperity to flow to us. I thank you for the gifts of your prosperity, and I invite those who are joining us online in our virtual audience to join in this law of circulation as well. So I invite you to take your tithe and your gift in your hand, place it over your heart, and let us pray our affirmation together. I joyfully celebrate the flow of God through me. I am grateful for receiving and giving to my spiritual community. I give thanks, always knowing God is my source, and so it is.